Welcome to Becoming Soul, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Call Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm very well, thanks. Good. Uh, so this is for Season 6, Episode 3 of Better Call Soul, Rock and Hard Place. So not Rock and a Hard Place, just Rock and Hard Place. Um, what did you think of this perfectly normal, normal and calm episode of, of <laughs> Yes, it was perfectly normal and calm. Um, yeah, really good episode again. Um, we, we finally get a resolution to one of the characters that we were kind of what happens to them by the end of the uh, show. So we've that's now been resolved. So one down, one to go, really. Um, I, traditional kind of um breaking bad better call soul what's going on opening sequence which uh it's nice to have that back because we haven't had one of those in a little while so uh good to see that returning and yeah i mean tense episode throughout um writing was brilliant as it always is on this of you not quite knowing what the plan is you know they the characters know but you don't um, which makes for a really interesting experience watching through. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, it's such a well-written show. This mm-hmm, certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, I got spoiled on this episode. Oh no! No. Um, yeah, and people can argue to me about staying off of Twitter, which is, is completely fair. But I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna read uh, Alan Seppenwolf's tweet. Now, if because Alan Seppel basically posted like a Twitter review with a link attached, and I, just be, just to be clear, I'm not like moaning at Alan Seppel or blaming him or whatever. I mean, it is a little bit silly what he kind of wrote, but um, I'm not gonna like attack him or whatever, you know. Um, but if he posts in his Twitter review something normal about the qualities of the episode, and then I click on the link and get spoiled, that's my fault because I've then yes. clicked on the link. But reading a tweet. Uh, in that particular way I, I don't expect that and this isn't like it doesn't specifically say Nacho dies but what it does say a gripping better cold soul finds Nacho caught between the cousins and Gus that's already a bit of a like okay uh, and is a reminder of why the creators kept Michael Mando who is great here he's very good in this episode Michael Mando is of course Nacho himself around when the original plan for Nacho went aw- uh, awry and then it says my review and it's got a, a, a link attached on Rolling Stone which you have to pay for, by the way. I I wasn't aware of that, but <laughs> or you get like a free limited trial. I hate the way yeah. that websites do that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, that unfortunately happened. Now I didn't know the context as to because I didn't know that he shoots himself. Uh, and I my, my guess was oh like he gets bound and gagged in in the desert. You know, typical kind of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul style. Um, takes out to the desert and shot in the back of the head for something. And that wasn't specifically what happened. So I'm glad I didn't know the specifics on how he died. But yeah, that that did kind of suck. And you, well... can, you, can, you can say to me about like, you know, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, reading Twitter before you see the episode and stuff. But okay, fair enough. Um, what was you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think he gave, I mean, we knew that, because he, he all he basically says is he's trapped between the twins and and Gus. Right. Uh, he doesn't actually say anything about him being diked. I don't know. I mm, sailing a bit close to the wind maybe on that tweet, but I I don't think he gave away that much. So I. Hmm. You. 
I mean, because I I'd seen you know, because obviously I write news, so I get news alerts coming up, and um, you know, a lot of the sites are fairly careful about what they put in headlines. But I knew it was going to be a Nacho focused episode, so I I had got the thought in my head of oh, I wonder if this is where we see the end of Nacho, but um, that they were all the headlines I saw were didn't didn't specifically say so i mean it depends how much you read into it but i mm-hmm. i don't think that was that bad particularly right yeah it, it wasn't like the worst tweet i've read and stuff but anyway just thought i'd, I'd explain that because it would be if i was to go into this podcast and be like oh no everything's perfectly normal and i saw this episode in a not in a completely normal state then that wouldn't be me telling the truth but um regardless of of, of all of that again not blaming Alan or anything like that. It's everything's fine. Um, you know, it's a spoiler for it. It's a thing for a TV show. So, yes. Uh, but aside from that, like you said, the episode was brilliant again. And even going into the episode, having a let's just say then good guess that he he might die in the episode. Um, this was still an incredible and a very very intense episode to watch. I mean, those scenes in the in the tanker thing were just yeah, really really <laughs> quite incredible. And uh, again, I've got to give. This might sound a bit strange, but I've got to give credit uh, credit to things like Servant as well, because Servant is the kind is Servant's kind of the show that taught me how to. I mean, I was aware of this type of storytelling, but there's sort of like a camera sitting and you like witnessing something in, in, in just in a in a very particular way. They're where they're trying to tell you a particular story, and you know, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, did do have done that as well, well where they give they'll give you you know camera shots of kind of random things in the cold open which is what we have here again um but uh yeah just with like how silent the episode is at times and him trying to look out this little gap in the tanker and him having to you know hold his breath under this this oil and everything um and how just how does kind of like you know basically silent and I know they say a few words now and again but these these twin characters that we've obviously known from Breaking Bad and everything, how how kind of silent they are, and when they're when they're like trying to hunt people down, that sort of thing. Um, it's really really compelling to watch, and it's just got the right level of tenseness. It's got the right level of things like sound. Um, the yeah. camera shots are brilliant as well, um, and just just all that put together with obviously an incredibly well written show, really well acted show. Um, yeah, I found very, very good to watch. So, uh, uh, incredible episode this time as well. And, and you know, let's not forget that Kimmy and Jim are in the episode as well. But, yes. uh, uh, really great stuff with, with, with all that. And the interesting thing with doing a cartel story and a, a comedy-ish kind of thing sometime, at times, because it can be comedy, it can be drama with the Kimmy, Jim stuff, um, or Jimmy, Kim stuff, uh, Jim and Kim, um, you can have like comedic moments still there and you can have dramatic moments obviously they're both their characters are kind of taking this dramatic turn you know you've got slipping uh kim and jimmy and kim in, in the show um but the show does a very good job of because i was t- i talked before and a few different times about you know how you're structuring your show and how you jump between different scenes and stuff uh which by the way i'm still watching foundation and that show is getting away with that in incredible ways yes uh, so uh but i'll talk about that on a different episode um, but yeah, going from something like, uh, Jim and Kim trying to get keys from like Nacho trying to desperately escape for his life and how they construct those scenes together, how they, 
um, structure them, like where you choose to cut, and because ba- what obviously structure means is where you choose to cut a scene, and how you choose to enter the next one, and how how the flow of the episode is is going. Um, was really uh, r- really continues to just be really outstanding. So, um, a- any thoughts on the uh, Jimmy and Kim stuff? Brief thoughts. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, the, you're getting sort of more and more. It, it was interesting because I did wonder if if we were going to get an entire like Nacho episode this uh-huh. week. So we did we did got a little which I, bit. Which I wouldn't have had a problem with really. No, in no. This case. I mean, g- given that this is the final time for him, that would have made a certain amount of sense. Um, although we are quite close to the end as well, so it would have been a bit weird not to have Jimmy and Kim in at all. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I like the Jimmy and Kim stuff as well this week. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we had Huel returning. Well, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to that when we kind of talk to it. Yeah. 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 All right. That's it for the pre-talk stuff. Um, the, the recap this week we've got is from uh, Wikipedia, um, which obviously I went through Reddit and it's, it's all ah. good. Obviously, I've sent it to you because um, the TV line stuff now I'm not you know, moaning or anything. Obviously, they can do what they want to do. Uh, it's actually an, an interesting interview with, uh, ah. uh, what was his name again? Michael Mando. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for me to do a recap and read out an interview. So, yes. Um, but uh, you can go and read that over there. Obviously, they've got that this week, which is cool. Um, but uh, anyway, let's go to some housekeeping and then uh, we'll get into the recap. See you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today, I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. 
Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I uh, did a podcast a couple of days ago and it's called 14 Steps to Fix the DCEU because there's a lot of work to be done. Um, so it's me going through, uh, not saying like, hey, you should add this character, add this film, add Blue Beetle, and all, you know, that's adding to the DCEU. What I'm taking a look at is your really basic stuff. So what are you doing with Superman? What are you doing with Batman? What are you doing with Wonder Woman? Um, casting choices, uh, and it's not uh, pitched as a reboot for the DCEU because it's things like, you know, actresses like Gal Gadot and Margot Robbie uh, that you should keep around and that kind of stuff. So it's more about saying, here's what you should maybe keep, here's what you should do something with or change, you know, th- those kind of things. Again, fixing DCEU. But if you want to put the argument forward about rebooting the whole thing, I wouldn't argue against that either. So, <laughs> um, but just talking about like, just do something with Superman. Figure out who's playing Batman because there's three different people doing that at the moment. Um, so that was uh, that was pretty fun to do. But that's 14 steps to fix uh, the DC EU. So that was good to do. Um, I coincidentally recorded that before they did all their like their CinemaCon stuff, which didn't really reveal anything right. new specifically. But uh, that was interesting. Uh, anyway, um, on the Game and Talk podcast this week, we talked about Crash Bandicoot or more specifically Vicarious Visions. Uh, Activision has been doing more studio mismanagement. Where they decided to move Vicarious Visions. Uh, there was three different steps. Uh, so they got Vicarious Visions to do the Crash Remasters. Which made sense. Then they moved them over to COD. Which made no sense. And now they've moved them over to Blizzard. Which is a completely different brand <laughs> of games. Which also makes no sense. Uh, so instead of letting them you know, remaster. And do, do, do you know, these classic old games. And Tony Hawk and Spyro. And all this sort of stuff they've been involved with. Uh, they moved them over to COD Warzone support. That's a waste of their time, and now they're working for Blizzard. Um, there was a similar story a few years ago about Toys for Bob, who are also working on COD support. Um, why is this all happening? I don't know. It's just studio mismanagement from uh, Activision, and it's weird, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's really stupid. So, there you go. Uh, so, we talked about that, and giving your laughter, David, that makes sense as well. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, moving them over to Blizzard. Uh, then we talked about Battlefield 2042. They've had um, voice chat added after five months, um, but it's only restricted to parties and I think squads or something. Again, the game is a mess. And we talked about Ghostbusters VR. Um, not really much information to go off, but just a basic idea of having a Ghostbusters VR game, which sounds kind of cool. And a whole bunch of other things we talked about as well. Uh, me and Robert have decided to wrap up our Flash podcast because the Flash isn't enough of the Flash in the show and there's a, no- <laughs> and there's a, a, a myriad of other problems in the show as well. Um, and nobody said that we have to finish the season. Uh, we did stop mid-season around episode because I was a few episodes behind Robert. He was a few episodes ahead of me, not because of the American thing, but just because I'd fallen behind on the episodes. Um, but we did a wrap-up podcast for that and, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So um, there we go for the Flash. Um, over to Apple TV Plus side of things, I did another season one review, this is for an anthology per episode show, it's called Raw, and, um, it's about eight female-driven stories, all very different, all kind of weird and mysterious and all that kind of stuff, which is cool. I gave that a must-see rating, and that's, yet yeah, another great show from Apple TV Plus, because most of them are very good shows. Uh, so I talked about that, that's again, spoiler-free, spoiler, split, all that kind of stuff. Uh, over on the United cast, Man United continue to lose, and it almost looks deliberate at this point. Um, the Arsenal beat them by three goals to one. Uh, they did try more in this game than they did against against Liverpool, where they literally walked around the pitch. But uh, that's 3-1, um, and we're just kind of waiting for next season at this point, for Ten Hag to come in and hopefully do something, and for this squad to hopefully get a major, major rebuild. 
Uh, but Man United play again against Chelsea tonight. There's only four games left of this painfully long season. Uh, so we've got Chelsea today and we'll see how that goes later on. Which, playing Chelsea on a Thursday in the Premier League game is very weird. But anyway, uh, over on the must-play review side of things, uh, I reviewed uh, LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, which I mentioned on Geek Town the other week. Uh played all, through all nine episodes and I really, really, really enjoyed the game. Um, and I gave that a must-play rating. Um, that was an interesting one to do for spoilers because it's, it's an adaption of films that most people have seen with very classic film moments being recreated in Lego, but that was a fun one to do anyway. Uh, speaking of the United cast and Eric Ten Hag, he has been appointed as the manager for next season. His name is Eric Ten Hag. He is currently managing Ajax, and they may or may not win the league, which would be good if he wins that and comes over here. Uh, so I talked about the positivity from that because that's the manager that I would have chosen as well. So we've got that going on. Um, so that's for next season. That doesn't mean that Ralph is sacked, by the way, that he's going upstairs in a consultancy role. So that's good. Uh, over, on the, uh, over on the DC talk side of things, I did a podcast called What Could Warner Brothers Do With The Flash and Ezra Miller. Uh, they've been arrested a couple of times recently. And um, yeah, there's a big situation to be sorted out there. There's also the Amber Heard situation, but, you know, one at a time. <laughs> so we've got that going on. And uh, that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platforms. Alright, so the opening of Rock and Hard Place. Kind of a simple, interesting, mysterious cold open. Um, Opening says, uh, as rain begins to fall, a close-up scan of a small patch of desert settles on a piece of broken glass. Um, Yeah, it's a very traditional, very typical, and when I say typical, I mean that in a good way. Um, very kind of normal Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul-esque kind of mysterious open. Some are more sort of deliberate as to what they want to show you, but some are just random shots of things and you think, okay, this is going to lead somewhere. You have to trust that it's going to lead somewhere because it always does. Um, but why are we seeing random things of of uh, just stuff in, in the desert? Um, but uh, yeah, we see that and obviously we find out what that's for later. That's probably the piece of glass that Nacho used. Um... Any thoughts on this interesting, nice, simple cold open? No, I mean, it, it is exactly the sort of cold open that you expect from this show yeah. in a very traditional sort of Breaking Bad kind of way. Um, just gets resolved later on in this episode as well. It's not one that's, you know, it's not a, a bunny falling from an aeroplane. You know, it's that kind of runs for or a teddy bear, whatever it was, I can't remember, yeah, but yeah. Uh, probably from an aeroplane. But uh, yeah, so yeah, good, solid, like, you know, classic um, opening for, for this show, which is nice to see back because we haven't really had it in that way for a little while. So mm-hmm. not, not of like, yeah, random shots of, of yes, things, random but... things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so just a, uh, camera going through the desert and whatnot so that was very cool uh continuing pretty much from where we last left off with nacho uh the truck nacho is driving after his escape from the cousins breaks down because one of the tires is is uh burst because uh, he tries to drive on it but you can see that he's not gonna get too much further uh breaks down and he hides in an abandoned oil tanker um there's a whole thing to talk about there in a minute. Uh, the yes. next morning, he cleans himself up at a mechanic shop and makes a farewell call to his father. Afterwards, he calls Mike Ermitrout, asks to speak to Gus Fring, and offers himself up as long as uh, Manuel, which is his dad's name, is protected. 
Um, yeah, I already kind of talked about because my my kind of um, aside from obviously the final scene, which is a big highlight here, um, one of the major sort of like sneaky kind of you know intense moment highlights for me is this is this tanker scene. Um, part of me because part of me wonder because he's in this thing and he's hiding and he sees the cousins getting out the car. They know it's obviously his vehicle is there as well, so they guess that he's probably on foot somewhere. Um, I kind of wondered, like, okay, are one of the cousins, not not both of them, but maybe one of them, are they actually going to come over to this tanker and, like, because there's obviously a few different gaps and stuff and, and things like that, uh, mainly the top, obviously, where you can open it. Um, are, is one of them actually going to go over to this thing and look in there? And they, and they decided to end up doing that, which I thought was cool. Because um, I think for a... Because obviously they don't find him nothing happens here but the intent is for you to think oh shit you know what if he gets found and they they mm-hmm. make the characters go on a proper search and then we talk about like you know what a lesser show would do we talked about the two uh, g- uh women that nacho was staying with in the last episode and talking about how a lesser show would just sort of leave those characters and just make you assume that they've disappeared um i think a lesser show here would have these characters just look around for a few seconds or something and then have them just leave and the intenseness of the scene and the camera, because there's multiple different good use of camera shots and how the sound is used and stuff, you wouldn't get any of that in uh, in in a show that is worse. But uh, I appreciated the effort that went into this because uh, I was even kind of again I had kind of the knowledge okay maybe something bad ha- you know happens to Nacho here with what I'd read. Um, but I was kind of very like okay does he get caught here? Does he get get caught later? And the fact that I'm you know, Nacho's on the death table. He's he's available to be you know killed and stuff. Mm. I I wasn't kind of because I was fifty fifty on okay. This is intense, and I believe that he could get caught. But there wasn't a part of me that either thought like, oh, he's definitely going to get caught, or he isn't. I was like questioning that the whole time. But the fact that I was doing that and not completely sure as to like, because obviously the scene would the whole episode would play out very differently if he does or doesn't get caught here. Um, but I thought the whole thing played out really, really well. And, uh, yeah, he managed to hold his breath for a while under that oil. That must have been very <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable. So, um, anyway, what do you think of that uh, tanker scene? Yeah, I'd see my reaction to this was, what are you doing, Nacho? That's the most obvious hiding. Because there's, like, there's literally nothing around there. There is, yeah. you know, the car breaks down and there is, like, a tanker in the middle of, like, nowhere. It's like, well... If he's going to run and hide somewhere, where is he going to hide? The genius bit of this, I thought, was when he realises that there is oil at the one end of the tanker and he actually hides under the oil. Because, uh-huh. you know, had that been water, that probably wouldn't have worked. Um, you know, it's the fact that it was oil and it's black and you can't see through it. I, that I was, I, I thought was quite clever because I did mm-hmm. think, when he first went in there, I was like, how, you know, that's like the most obvious place you could possibly hide because there really wasn't anywhere else he could hide around there other than, you know, he would have been better off trying to run a bit further and like, you know, hiding in the grass or something because there was kind of tall grass around there. Mm. You'd probably be better off doing that yeah. because... Could do a Last of Us too. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you'd be much much better off hiding there than you would have been hiding in the one really, really obvious place to go and hide. Um so yeah, I I mean I I uh, that that was my kind of main thought, but I thought 
yeah, when he kind of looks in, he realizes they're coming over because he can see through, and then goes and hides in there. Or that I thought was very, very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, could have done the Last of Us too, where you can uh, on that game you can lay in um, long grass and stuff, yeah. uh, and unless a dog smells you in the game, and then you're screwed and you have to run. So, uh, but uh, yeah, really, really good stuff here with the with everything I've already mentioned. So, very, very good. Um, yeah, his call towards his father because there's still uh, a few bits here left to go over. Um, yeah, this is kind of an unfortunate. Obviously, you know the whole thing's kind of sad, but. Um, we have an email about like calls to relatives and and things like that, so we'll get to that at the end. Um, yeah, they're both kind of. You get the sense from uh, uh, Manuel that okay, this is probably a goodbye call for my son, and you know, throughout the episode, Nacho's feeling that okay, I'm probably you know done for um, because how does he get away? How, how does he get away from this like cartel and all the situation? Yeah. He's, he's completely screwed. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't like tear up myself or, or, or whatever, but um, I thought that was still kind of emotional. And um, again, good to see the show going through. Again, you, you expect these things from this kind of show because it's it puts in the effort to do those things um, instead of just like Manuel showing up later and he, he he finds out through some random person that Nacho is dead or something. Um, but what do you think of the call to his father? That was the second that I realised that they were probably going to kill him this episode. Because uh-huh. the moment he made that call, and it was very much a, you, you know, him saying goodbye, and, you know, I wanted to hear your voice. You were like, oh, oh, he's the, he's not going to make it out of this. Um, I, I mean, I didn't necessarily think that he was going to turn himself in, which is what he does, but... Yeah, I, I that was the moment where it became fairly apparent that he wasn't going to make it out of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that was a way of both telling the audience that, or at least telling you that Nacho is very, very unsafe mm-hmm. or in danger. Um, but I think between the two of them, like the actual two characters, they both kind of like, okay, this is a goodbye call. And although he could survive, like, this is, yeah, pretty sad on, on that front. So, um, and then yeah. uh, afterwards, he, he calls Mike and uh, offers to, uh, you know, Gus and, and all that kind of stuff. So, we'll see how that plays out and later. What, what uh, I did like about the call to Mike was how it dovetails into, because we'd, we'd seen the other end right. of that call. Yeah. I, I, and. I, I, and I, it just hit me when they kind of when they cut back to that scene to Mike of like you know he wanted to talk to you and I, I really like the way that was cut together because I'd I, you know in a lot of shows you maybe do that all in one episode and I like the fact that this was cut across both episodes and then it goes mm-hmm. back and it's like oh oh it's that phone call okay yeah now I see where we are now so yeah, I, do, I just like the, the way they edited that together. I thought it was interesting and a little bit different. Hmm. Definitely, yeah. Uh, over to Jimmy and Kim. Uh, Jimmy McGill and Kim Wexler uh, conspired to obtain a duplicate of Howard. Um, I'm not going to keep reading out people's surnames. We all know who I'm talking about. Howard's uh, car and uh, vanity license plate as part of their plan to force a resolution of the Sandpiper case, which was set up at the end of last season, by ruining his reputation, but realised that actually obtaining access to his car uh, is more feasible. Um, 
Assistant Director Attorney uh, Suzanne connects um, Jimmy to Lalo, Salamanca and Nacho. Uh, tells Kim Lalo is uh, dead. And asks him to persuade Jimmy to inform um, on the Salamancas. This is the start of the, the key thing. Which we'll, get, which we'll talk about the actual um, scene itself uh, in a few paragraphs time. Um, but yeah, this is set up for it. Uh, it's an interesting idea. And again, it's more kind of like heist-esque kind of things from uh, yeah. Jimmy and Kim, which is obviously where the episode uh, changes its tone a bit and you get a little bit more of the of the comedy type of stuff. Um, yeah, it's good, pretty good scenes. It's it's just kind of set up for later and stuff. But um, yes. um, yeah, what do you think of uh, Kim being told here about Lalo and everything? Yeah, I mean, th- this is sort of all really set up because mm-hmm. you know they're now you know jimmy and kim are now convinced that lalo is actually dead because they've been told by the district attorney that that is the case um whereas they know you know we know as the audience that he isn't so that's gonna be interesting because he's suddenly gonna pop up out of nowhere presumably and be like i'm alive and you know i'm coming after people so hmm. it turns him into more of a kind of bogeyman character which is kind of interesting um, yeah, moving yeah. forward uh the whole scam thing we don't know exactly what they're doing with the car but you know you're getting kind of little bits of um you know because like that was quite nice how they how they're winning through the kind of plot of like well you know we don't have enough time to paint the car well what if we use his actual one well how do we do that and then he talks about bringing Huel on board, and yeah, I so I, I like the sort of planning. And again, it's giving you little bits of information without telling you the whole sort of laying it out in sort of plot exposition of this is what we're going to try and do. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this Lalo stuff is because you had the thing in the last episode where Jimmy slips up on his name, and he's speaking to those other two characters. And now you've got this going on, and some people do and don't know that Lalo is dead, uh, or you know is alive, whatever. Um, obviously, Gus got his, uh, you know, that got re- resolved with Gus last episode with um, Hector. But yeah, on this, because it's interesting as well with the whole car following thing from last episode, and we mm-hmm. didn't quite get to see that, but that's probably been saved for later. Because um, what I, obviously what this episode is probably going for is, hey, let's let's solve this nacho stuff in this episode and then we'll do a bit more set up for the kim uh jimmy thing with this with this whole howard and some hints of the lalo thing going on and then you can just press on with that in the next couple of episodes so mm-hmm. yeah good stuff I, I i quite like that with uh with lalo be interesting to see how it plays out with because you've got um because lalo's obviously a very very big you know key player in this whole thing not just on the whole uh gus side of things with how he's involved there but how he is involved with Kim and with Jimmy and his, you know, he's one of the characters that's got a fake death happening in the show. So, <laughs> see how that goes on. Uh, Gus uh, arranges to uh, smuggle Nacho into... I do have a question, by the way, about Gus once we get to a certain point. Uh, Gus arranges to smuggle uh, Nacho into the US afterwards. Right. Uh, Mike and Nacho go over the plan uh, for Nacho to absolve Gus um, from blame uh, for Lalo's death by uh, falsely blaming... Uh, another drug family. After confessing, Nacho will attempt to flee so that he can, so that Victor can kill him, guaranteeing that his uh, death will be swift, and the Salamancas will not, oops, will not torture him. Uh, Mike administers um, a beating, uh, so it will appear Nacho was captured. 
So I was watching this episode, and to me, because not Nacho is a uh, is a Salamanca, isn't he? Nacho, uh, what's his surname again? Vagra. Okay. Vagra. Right. Oh yeah, Nacho Vagra. Um, I was just kind of wondering. I don't think it's a, like a problem with the episode. I was just kind of looking at it as a interesting point for Gus, why he is, um not protecting Nacho but then by the end of the episode I kind of looked at it in a bit of a di- I you know changed my viewpoint a little bit on it throughout the episode and thought okay that's a way for them to settle some kind of peace I was admittedly slightly confused on well like Gus's specific approach to the Nacho yeah thing. because the the problem is Nacho Nacho could flip that Nacho doesn't have any affiliation or any love for Gus, and he certainly does have haven't any doesn't have any love for the Salamancas. The problem is that he is now well, as the title says, sort of stuck between right, rock, rock and a hard place. Um, because he is in this situation where uh, he could go into the Salamancas and say Gus was the one that set this up. But the chances are, if he does that, his father's going to be murdered, and he's going to be murdered. You know, even if it starts off a war between the Salamancas and Gus, Nacho's going to be smack around in the middle of that, and he's not going to get out of it alive. And the chances are that his father's going to die as well. Whereas, um, so this becomes kind of the only option because. Right. If he then points the finger at somebody else, he still betrayed the Salamancas, you know, because of the predict- position that Gus has put him in of trying to place the blame on Nacho. So he's he's screwed whatever he does. So, I mean, as he says in the episode, the only way out of this is to, you know, basically make sure that his father is safe. Right. Yeah. Right. Nacho at that point is a dead man walking. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, he, his goal is to make sure that his father is protected and which is why he gets Mike to promise that that will be the case and Gus won't go after it. Yeah. 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 I understood the whole, um, you know, him saying goodbye to his dad and then him saying, okay, if you're going to like take me out essentially, which he's like, you said, dead man walking. I understood that okay for for Nacho to agree to that it was like okay if you take me as a sacrificial lamb kind of thing you leave my dad alone so I know that he's safe and I say goodbye to him and all that kind of stuff it was just Gus's Gus's decision towards it it, it didn't quite fully like all add up but given yeah it it, it, make, it makes it makes sense to me but it was just that was just a bit of a sticking point as to Gus letting all of this happen. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's as we saw last week. You know, this got very much out of Gus's control, and we got that rare kind of right. glimpse to him kind of losing it. Um, you know, and him actually panicked. And I think that's sort of interesting. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um but uh yeah, so they they talk about all of that and uh set up everything. 
Uh, so we'll talk about the Nacho thing at the end. Let's go back to Jimmy and Kim. Uh, Jimmy and Kim work with Huel. Um, good to see him again. He's he's not like in all the shows that much, but when he when he is, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty nice, pretty interesting. Um, uh, they work with Huel and another associate to to obtain uh, obtain the keys that uh, we mentioned before, and um, how is Kaki uh, and Keyless entry system? He all tells uh, Jimmy he does not understand why two legitimate lawyers would commit crimes. Jimmy tells Huel that uh, Kim and Jimmy li- their lives would be uh, easier if they succeed. And Jimmy also kind of like makes up a little bit about like, hey, this is us giving back to the, the community. Or whatever, well, whatever it is. I yeah, was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, well, it's not so much making it up. I mean, it is true that sort if of. they can get the the sooner they can get the Sandpiper settlement, I mean, it is helping a lot of people. That's right. not the reason they're doing it. You know, they're doing no. it to get the money for themselves uh, to make sure that they get paid sooner rather than later. But, um, I mean, the side product of them doing that, it means that the Sandpiper people will get paid sooner rather than later, which, you yeah, know, yeah. so there is a wider kind of beneficial purpose to it, but that isn't why they're doing That's it. That's just kind of added in there for them, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, um, it was nice to see a kill back. I did find it funny when, you know, he hands the key over and it's got like this this big circuit board thing with like a phone attached to it that you've got to press the buttons on because uh-huh. you know, that's the keyless entry thing. Um, which, but again, I like the fact that it's an attention to detail mm-hmm. thing that in other shows you probably would have had him like you know just hand over the key and like hey we've cut you know you've cut a key and there's a perfect kind of you know copy of of like a a, a key and a button and stuff. I like the fact that it's like this huge like mash together thing that was um, pretty funny like, yeah yeah you know Jimmy's I, I just like... holding this massive circuit ball with a key attached to it. Yeah. yeah i like the fact that they've gone into the detail of like okay well what would this be okay it's that you know it's the same sort of detail they go into in the kind of the cooking meth stuff you know right, it's, right. yeah it, it's that level of attention to detail of like well what does this actually look like rather than what a tv slash movie version of this would be mm-hmm yeah. Um, so you've got like, I wouldn't label this scene as intense, but you've got this like interesting thing going on where um, Huel's telling this, this key cutter guy of like, hey, he's going to be back any minute. The kid's pretty quick. And you, you cut back and forth um, <laughs> yeah. with, with, with this guy uh, going back down the stairs. And yeah, just what I found interesting about that is Huel, he's not like panicked or shouting or anything. He's, he's kind of giving this very calm sort of, hey, he's going to be back in a minute. You better hurry up. Yeah, uh, and then the key guy is like, he's not panicked at all. He's just kind of not 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 doing it slowly, not doing it fast. He's kind of doing a normal pace. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good, it's all good. Yeah. And you yeah. just you see like bits of uh, you know shots and stuff of of the keys being cut, and he just manages to get it done in time. I thought that was uh, very well done. Yeah, uh, so that was good. Because um, basically, they knock the the keys, or he bumps into this guy, knocks the keys off, and then uh, takes them from there. The guy doesn't realize until he gets what like all the way upstairs, I think. So, yeah, that was quite good. Um, so yeah, very, very good, very kind of fun scene again. A good way to way to mix the episode up when you've got you know death in the episode. <laughs> so, uh, onto the last bit. Uh, this is the big part of the episode, obviously. Um, while uh, Mike watches and trains his rifle on the location, uh, Gus, Tyrus, and Victor meet with uh, Juan Balsa, Hector Salamanca, and the cousins to hand Nacho over. Nacho just goes for broke here. I mean, why not? 
Uh, Nacho claims he killed uh, Lalo while working with a rival family. The Alvarez's he goes he further goes uh, sorry absolves uh, Gus by admitting he tried to kill Hector, um, but that Gus saved him um, because he does not trust Gus. Rather than attempt to flee, Nacho uses the piece of broken glass seen in the opening. That's there you go uh, to free himself from his restraints. Uh, seizes Juan's uh, gun and decides to shoot himself because it's the option that he he takes here. Uh, as Gus and his men depart, Mike obviously leaves as well. Um, the cousins assist Hector. They sort of give him one of their guns. And you just hear loads of gunshots going off. Yeah. Uh, a fair bit to break down here. Um, he also, it's not specifically mentioned, but he does also say like, hey, I'm the one that put you in that wheelchair. And yeah, yeah. I, and that's I, a fairly big part of it for me. I, that, the yeah. fact that Nacho actually gets to, to tell um, Hector I'm the one that did that to you. It's it, it's almost uh, the um, the sort of Game of Thrones um, thing where the uh, grandmother kind of uh, tells Jamie about the fact that you know she was the one that poisoned the you know the king, uh, and you uh-huh. get that. It's it's almost that level of kind of I'm the one that did it to you. I want you to know before I die. It's sort of I I really love that. Thought mm. it was really good. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, and you just cut back and, uh, as he's giving all this dialogue, and he's he's just putting everything out there. And like, um, he looks over at Gus and says he did it at one point. And you know, obviously, uh, Giancarlo gives this like facial expression. But again, the uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the actor that plays um, uh, Hector cuts over to him several times. And just the uh, the acting on the facial expressions, obviously, is you know really really angry and. Mm. finds out that uh you know nacho was the one that put him there because he tells him and it's it's all just very dramatic and very very good um but i i suppose you know i suppose for nacho here it's like okay i'm on my knees tied up in a desert i'm probably dying here um so hey i'll just i'm just gonna you know screw kind of everybody here Uh, obviously mike's off in the distance with the sniper um which which is kind of a cool place to put him and stuff um yeah, just just putting everything out on the table, and then just I suppose for him, instead of being riddled with bullets, which was probably what the cousins were about to do, because um, they probably would have put like eight or nine bullets in him or something, um, just puts the one in his head. Uh, again, it's 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 sad, but um, I suppose it got to that point with Nacho really, where as we mentioned in in the episode, um, when you get to this point with the cartel, especially in this type of show you're not really gonna get away um no. especially when you've got like you know the cousins hunting you down and the you know a cartel after you so um yeah what, what did you think of this scene yeah there was so many interesting little bits the the entire speech that he gives about mm-hmm. um you know to hector saying you know i put you in that chair your heart meds i switched them with the sugar pills uh you were, and and then he also cleverly uses that to go to, to go and you know you were dead and buried and i i had to watch this asshole bring you back pointing at gus mm-hmm. you know so showing that he has no loves for gus so why would he help him it kind of backs up that you know almost enforces that case of like well i wouldn't help gus for this um and so you've got all that going on and then 
and I, I, I mean that that's just like you know and it, him being completely unrepentant about the fact that you know he's saying that he was the one that helped kill Lalo he was he was the one that put him in the chair so that I was all just brilliant. It's a great final scene. He knows he's going to die because he's been told basically by everybody in that meeting that he's going to be dying one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, What's sort of interesting is when he's got the gun on Balsa's head, you know, because he's cut his hands free, he's got the gun on Balsa's head. And you actually, there's a line from um, Mike where he goes, do it, do it. And, I, I, you know, Mike's obviously, I think, hoping that he actually kills Balsa and then kills himself, you know, or gets shot by the, like, twins at that point. Because if he'd shot the guy in the head, he would have just got shot by the tw- twins, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they probably would have riddled Nacho with bullets. Yeah, but, you know, he takes, Nacho wants to go out on his own terms and just shoots himself in the head. Um, which... I sort of understand because, you know, that's the sort of person Nacho is. And I, I get that. And, he, you know, he's helped them out to a certain extent, but, you know, he's going to leave them to deal with the fallout. Um, but, yeah, I I I really like that scene. It makes a lot of sense. It's well put together. It's really well acted. Um You know, it would have been it would have been interesting if you could have got rid of Bolsa at the same time. But obviously not so I, I was wondering is he in breaking bad because i honestly can't remember uh let me have a look see um there's a few like other cartel characters that do make into breaking bad i just couldn't remember if he was one of them um because i was wondering during the scene like can you kill this guy off here uh, yeah probably in the same way that mike was wanting that to happen so uh... Let me just look. He is... Yes, he is in Breaking Bad as well. So, no, you couldn't have done. Okay. Okay. Um, um, but, uh... And obviously, for my, like, you you know, if you want to say about, like, could Mike have shot one after that, um, that would have just drawn attention to Mike. So, um, yeah. he was obviously just there for emergencies. Um, but no, really, really good scene. Um, and uh, we say goodbye to Nacho. So, um, yeah. It's it's very sad. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, dramatic end to the episode. What what do you think, by the way, of the um, the gunshots at the end from Hector, and they kind of continue through the the credits? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, well, that's just kind of Hector all over. I mean, the guy's dead. He's clearly dead. It's just Hector blowing off steam. Um, yeah. You know, which he's just told just, him this just... thing. So. Yeah, I mean, you get Hector's reaction to that. Reaction to that—that that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very kind of like impactful, echoey end to the episode. I thought. Yes. So, uh, let's get on to some emails, some feedback. Um, if you would like to write in, let us know what you thought of Nacho as a character, where you think Better Castle's going, what you thought of the uh, Jimmy and Kim um, car thing, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Matthew at Entertainment Talk Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also an email box thing on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name. So choose one of those options and feel free to write in. Jane uh, writes in, bit of a sad email here. Um, but she says, uh, hey guys, thanks for coming back for Better Call Soul. Uh, we looked forward to coming back. Uh, it was incredibly sad to see Nacho's conversation um, with his dad. I really got to me during uh, back during the lockdown period. I had to make a goodbye, a lockdown goodbye call uh, to my dad. Uh, Nacho was a great character, 
and I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. P.S. Fuck Boris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think most of us can agree on that part, certainly. Yes. So, yeah, not just for that, but for just being the Boris person that he is. So yes, and for never combing his hair. So, um, <laughs> which still just baffles me to this day. But anyway, um, I talked about that before in the chat podcast. Uh, very, very sorry to hear about the situation with your dad. Um, obviously, Boris didn't quite follow the same rules, which is why he's in the situation he's in. Um, but uh, thank you for feeling that you could write in and, and, and tell us that obviously you don't like have to um, share those personal things with us but uh, you know it's connected to the episode and uh, all that sort of thing so um, thank you for feeling that you could uh, share that with us uh, obviously it's not probably not an easy thing to talk about so uh, we very much appreciate that um, but uh, yeah the goodbye call to his dad like we said it was, was impactful um, it, was, it was good it was a bit of a sort of tell signers to both the characters knowing that they'll probably never see each other again but um yeah uh david what do you think of this here uh, yeah yeah i mean I, awful um having to make any of that sort of phone call i mean i i have lost one parent and uh yeah my mother died about 12 years ago and yeah was in a nursing home at the time and uh i mean it wasn't a phone call i had seen a, a few days beforehand so you know, but it, it it's it's in, that is incredibly difficult. But that you know, I I can get why something like that would. It, it's one of those things that things like that pop up in an episode. You know, you're watching. Oh, it's like I love this TV show. I'm watching this TV show, and then something hits you like that um, mm-hmm. with just that sort of connection. And there there were certain things that I was watching and you know after my mother died and you're kind of looking at you know you're thinking okay i'm gonna watch this it'll distract me and then something just pulls you out of it and it it's it is very difficult it does get better um i mean it's a horrible thing to to you know losing a parent's always really really horrible but um mm-hmm. it you know it it takes time but it does get easier to deal with as you go through it um but uh yeah i mean it's uh it was a very impactful thing in the episode and as i say for me it was like oh this is yeah it's it's like if you ever see a war show if you ever see something that's that's a sort of about i don't know second world war or something and you get one of the characters going i'm gonna go to this war and then i'm gonna come back and marry my girls like oh well he's never coming back <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah because it's the moment they kind of they make, make yeah, plans for in, the future so. you're like the moment there's any sort of plans for the future it was almost a bit like that sort of moment of um you know and, and it was so beautifully done you know because you've got nacho going like knowing that this is the final phone call and the dad not knowing that this is the final phone call and the way that plays is yeah it, it just really really beautifully done mm-hmm. yeah so by the way when are we able to get rid of boris <laughs> <laughs> like when, when's the next uh, voting I, thing yeah, or whatever? I think there's another there's another two years unless they call an election earlier oh, no Yes, I know. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Unless they kick him out, of... oh. yeah, but then we could even worse, and I don't have anybody to replace him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, let's move on to. Uh, but again, thanks for Jane. Thanks Jane for writing in and feeling that you could uh, tell us that. Certainly. So, 
Uh, Beth uh, writes in and says, um, I love Kim. I think we all do. Uh, I really love her. And as a woman watching the show, I pray she doesn't die. But now I'm really scared with what's happened with Nacho. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call stakes in TV shows. Mm. When, you, when you are scared that a character is going to die because you are supposed to be. It's not not necessarily a nice feeling, but obviously it's within a you know fictional TV show. But... Um, yeah, that when you've got characters in dangerous situations in a drama show like this, um, it's important that you do that and that you feel that when characters get into situations, you don't just think, ah, oh, they'll be fine, everything's, you know, no, no, no worries or anything. Um, I think we should kind of all be scared for, for, for Kim, uh, certainly. But, um, yeah, Nacho taken off the table now. Um what that means for Kim. Now, I saw a few people, this was after I'd seen the episode, I saw a few people on Twitter kind of saying like, hey, if that's what you've got planned for the... Because let's not forget, this death is in the third episode of a season. This isn't a season premiere dramatic thing. This isn't a dramatic mid-season finale. This is the third episode of a show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not to say that, you know, you're not allowed to do dramatic things in your in-between episodes. Usually that's when you do your build-up stuff, but still. Um... Yeah, so what could they do? Because you've got three other sort of, let's say, special episodes, which is the mid-season finale, the mid-season premiere, and then obviously the series finale, which is y- your big one. Um, So that's a lot of episodes for Kim to have to survive, I suppose, <laughs> or for, you know, a- any other characters that they choose to put on that table. Um, But are you scared for, for Kim? I think we all should be real. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Kim is the is the most intriguing one because... It's Jimmy's wife, and mm-hmm. there is no reference to her in Breaking Bad. Now, we know in Breaking Bad, I mean, obviously, when uh, from, from a writing point of view, we know the reason for that, of course, was because Kim didn't exist as a character until, I, I don't, I, at least I very much doubt she did in anybody's head until they got round to writing Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, but it, it's how they explain that how they explain that Jimmy at the point where you meet him in Better Call Saul is perfectly okay with the fact that Kimmy isn't, that Kim isn't there. Um, and isn't sort of in some way broken up about that or, you know, um, so I, there's that side of things and, you know, she's not there in the future either. You know, she is as far as we're aware. So has she, is she in witness protection? Is that maybe where she's gone? Has she somehow got involved in the cartel stuff? And maybe that's why they're bringing the cartel things in so they can end up with Kim in witness protection. And, you know, yes, she's not there, but he knows she's safe. Mm. If she dies, you'd think that there'd be more from Jimmy later on about that. Um, you know, you'd see more of reaction and he wouldn't be the person that he is. So unless she's turned on him in some way. Right. Um, so there's so many questions about how they're going to end that character. Got a lot of options as well, which is good. Yes. And it's very, very difficult to know where they're going to go with it because there's no obvious route right now there are things that they could do that would make sense but there's no obvious like well ob- well it's going to be this way for that so mm. i'm really intrigued to see when and how they get rid of kim yeah yeah um our next email ties into this as well harrison says um 
Uh, Sinatra is dead. Is there a possibility uh, that, that there is probably another ma- major character de- death to come? And it says Kim question mark Gene question mark. Gene's an interesting one because I don't think there's anything to tell us that like well obviously Jimmy Gene um, actually survives. We know he has to survive up to the point of being yeah. Gene, which means he survives this show and then obviously uh, Breaking Bad, but. Um, I guess Gene could die. Well, he almost he had that, that heart attack thing, didn't he, at, at the, at the <laughs> Cinnabon? Um, but, I mean, because I, I wonder... I mean, we don't know yet. There's still loads of episodes left. But if you... Let's say they went all out and obviously Nacho's dead. If you killed Kim and then if you killed Gene, what that would mean for like the remainder of the story, um, I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But, again, I'm not writing the show. So... Um, but yeah, the, the interesting part with the, the Kim thing is because yeah, she was created for the show, and there was no intention of using her when Breaking Bad was running because she wasn't in the show at all. So you got an interesting writing challenge, and again, Peter and Vince are very good at doing these kind of things. Um, so they got an interesting challenge as to okay, what happens to her in this part? Uh, why isn't why doesn't Jimmy sort of mention her at all in uh, Breaking Bad? But then. Could Kim still come back in later and meet up with Gene? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, you've got lots of options, which is good, so you can uh, explore those. But um, yeah, very intrigued to see how that how that works out because, yeah, as you said, Kim was made for this show. So why? Because, like you said, there's not even sort of Jimmy being sad about losing somebody in in Breaking Bad. Not that I can really remember, actually. No. Anyway. Um... And, yeah, I mean, whether she ends up in official witness protection or whether she ends up dead or whether she ends up being disappeared by the guy, you mm-hmm. know, um, in the same way that they did with Jean. <clears throat> I, I honestly don't know. And, and I rather like that. I like the fact that there's no obvious route. Mm-hmm. for that character um right now i mean you know we know she's getting herself in deeper and deeper but yeah it, it's difficult to to know i mean you know it could be lalo pops up and kills her it could be it could be that she goes on the run and disappears you know but it would need to be somewhere where jimmy knows she's safe you would think it could be that she turns on jimmy and that's why he's not cut up about the fact that she's not there anymore there, there are so many options. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see. That's, that's the one character I'm very interested to see what they do with, um, you know, and what they do with the Gene thing at the end and where that character ends up. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to well. see more of that, more of the Gene stuff. Yes, because we uh, haven't had any of that this time around yet. Yeah, and that's like unknown territory. So yes, yeah. Um, all right, that's it for the episode. A uh, big dramatic one. Um, we we'll look forward to the rest of the the uh, season, and everything. Um, and we'll be back next week um, for the next episode. Uh, in the meantime, you can find every, everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, games, films, and main night podcasts. So stick around and check out all of that, or as much of it as you would like to. Um, yeah, so you can check out all our content, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. Uh, for all that if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of what we're doing which would be great you can either just listen to more episodes you can also tell other people that you know 
about uh, what we're doing and tell them where they can find our stuff uh, either by just telling them or social media that kind of stuff uh, patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers ad free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to so that's how you can support entertainment talk uh david what's happening with uh, geek town at the uh, at the moment, we have lots of renewals and cancellations still coming in, and there's been new shows uh, picked up. We're going to get more and more of that over the next couple of months as uh, the um, they they hit their sort of bloodbath period where they traditionally cancel and renew everything. So there's lots of air dates and things going up on the main site. Uh, Geek Town Radio this week, we had Bex back on, uh, Trista Bites. So she was talking through all the gaming conventions she's been at, like OLL and Format GG and Insomnia. And uh, I met over at over, over Insomnia, which is in Birmingham. So um, we talk about that. And she talks about sort of some of the background of what she's been doing there. She has also been on the road a lot, because so that means she's been catching up with films. So she reviews The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Um, she talks Sonic the Hedgehog, the first Sonic the Hedgehog film, and talks a bit about that. Um, we also review The Batman, because that is now available on home release as well. So it's the first time I've seen it, and Bex has seen it as well. So we talk a bit about that, um, give our opinions on that film, and uh, Russian Doll Season 2 as well, which I have watched. So there's lots and lots of reviews. It's a really good show this week with uh, Bex, so loads of stuff on there. And, of course, there's a load of TV news and other bits and pieces in there as mm-hmm. well. Excellent. Uh, you can check that out over at geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Those episodes come out on Tuesdays, so look out for those. Uh, speaking of Bex, you can find her Twitch streams or just all of her content across uh, the different places. Uh, Twitch for her streams and then Instagram and Twitter. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow on different platforms, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK. I did a very long, uh, pe- uh, not Pez, uh, FIFA stream the other day. I decided to restart the career mode because... Uh, I had not a lot of players and not a lot of money, so I, I got a bit uh, a bit stuck. But um, yeah, re- I've, I've rebooted that. I did play the, the the first couple of games of the actual rebooted career mode. But ne- next time I stream that, I'll be continuing from that point. Um, so you can check out that. You can also find that stream itself and all the other streams and game clips and all that kind of stuff over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. There's an absolute ton of game clips. Um, I managed to get the upload thing for that working. It wasn't for some reason, but now it is. Uh, there's loads and loads and loads of clips over there. Uh, mostly COD stuff. There's some Star Wars things, some Dying Light stuff as well. Because uh, there was a lot of clips that I hadn't uploaded, so I went through all of those. You can find all those, as I said, on uh, Entertainment Talk Plays over on youtube so if you want to have a laugh you can see me um do that on cod and things like that so check all that out that's everything thanks very much for listening and we will catch you next time goodbye bye